to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Del Piccolo, and would like to extend a special welcome to any new guests who are listening for the first time. So thanks very much. Uh, Welcome to the show, everybody, and I hope you're all keeping well in these rather strange COVID days. So I promise on this week's show not to keep you waiting for the interview for too long, but I did want to just run through a a few very nice comments that have come in uh, from some listeners out there. Um, and some contact that I've had with with some of you um, in the last week. And the first one is just a shout out to listener Rufus Flack, um, who got in touch with me on social media last week just to say thanks for the shows. Um, They really helped uh, lift his motivation a little bit to to get out and keep training uh, during the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, So Rufus, thanks very much for the comments. I really appreciate it. And I know you're, you're not alone in those feelings. We've all uh, been feeling that to some degree uh, during these days, but uh, I'm really glad that the show helped motivate you, and I hope the running's been going very well for you since. And I was also reached out to by local runner Ian Gregory. Um, some of you will know Ian through running at Park Run and obviously around various races uh, in and around the area. Uh, but Ian got in touch um, just to, to to let us all know that he was meant to be running the Bolton Marathon on the 17th of May um, in memory of his father, who who sadly passed away last year. And uh, obviously all the races um, being cancelled, that's that can no longer happen. However, like a trooper um, and, and true to his promises, Ian is going to carry on and do the marathon anyway on the day uh, by running loops um, of a course which he's still deciding on. So perhaps maybe um, the listeners of the show or, or, or anybody else out there who, who would want to help can help Ian decide on whether to go for nine laps um, of a 5k route or four laps of a 10k route. Uh, and I'm just going to throw my cards uh, onto the table now and just say that for myself, um, I would prefer to do uh, the nine times 5k loops just because uh, the repetition will make it uh, a little bit more tricky. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, not to make it harder or anything, but yeah, just I'd, I think I prefer those shorter bursts just to know that you're finishing more laps um, a little bit quicker than the 10k one. So, so Ian, wishing you all the best there with the marathon. Please do let us know. Write in again and get in touch on the social channels uh, to let us know how you get on on that date. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll let the listeners know um, how that all goes for you. And talking of all these marathons and, and ultra marathons that have been going on over the last uh, last kind of month since the lockdown started, it's been it's been really amazing to see what people, um, what genius and creative ways people have come up with to to entertain themselves and, and you know replace all those those missing races in the calendar but I've seen some remarkable things um, and also wanted to to update everybody on the last guest we had on the show John Cosgrove. Uh, John really well done to you mate if you're listening uh, fantastic job with um, finishing your your backyard marathon uh, last Sunday it was very entertaining uh, Rowena your girlfriend did a great job uh, broadcasting it live on Facebook um, and I think there were quite a few people dialed into that uh, through the day, um, pretty much all the way through the marathon. Um, I had to cut off, uh, for- unfortunately, before the end, so I didn't see the, the big medal presentation and stuff. But yeah, it was a, it was a really good job. Um, it, was, it was pretty exciting, actually. And uh, I think the family thought I was crazy because we were playing board games in the lounge at one point And uh, on the TV, uh, there was uh, Rowena and John running circles in his garden. So but yeah, it was good fun. Uh, there was some really good banter on there. And uh, I'll tell you what, the, the money that John yourself and and Rowena and everyone who supported you raised is absolutely uh, tremendous and and for two very very good causes as well so so well done John great running mates um and yeah excellent job and now on to the interview and uh, I always like to just give a a, a brief a little description on the guests without giving too much away uh, from from the actual uh, interview itself 
but my, my guest this week is uh, the amazing and uh, trying to find the words the amazing and inspiring Sandra Tallot. Uh, Sandra, I've been wanting to get onto the show for, for quite a couple of months now, a good two or three months, and uh, things have obviously cropped up and, and not uh, allowed that to happen until this weekend when uh, we managed to get together and chat all about Sandra's running. Uh, and there is a lot of it uh, because Sandra does some incredible distances for those um, that know her will know that she does uh, quite a few of the can- big canal races, which are, are up to about 145 miles in distance. Um, and in the show as well, we talk about a couple of races there, which are, which are even longer, hitting the two 250-mile distance. But yeah, Sandra originally came from a, a rowing background, uh, from rowing in university, and I think a little bit pre-university as well. Uh, but yeah, just interesting how she transitioned over to, to running, and now obviously running is a big part of her life and um, has helped her get through many difficult times in life, including uh, being diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago. So um, Sandra shares... Uh, the story in a remarkable way um it was fantastic hearing her talk about all the experiences and there's a lot of really good information in here um that a lot of runners out there who are interested in or who run ultra marathons can take away as um as real good useful nuggets of information so uh without further ado here is sandra tallett and i just wanted to wish everyone out there a safe safe time please stay at home where you can get out and, and carry on enjoying your exercise uh, for that for that one time a day when we can get out and do it and yeah, just stay positive, everybody. We will get through this. And yeah, anybody who wants to send any shout outs to the show, please do get in touch over social media or email. And until next time, happy miles. Sandra, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time today because it's a lovely, sunny, beautiful, sunny day outside. And I think you've probably got the same weather we have down here in South Sea. Um, but welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. And you've been a guest that I've been wanting to get onto the show for, for some time. And I know we, we've chatted a, a couple of times over Facebook Messenger and stuff, but it's finally worked out. So thank you again. And yeah, just just welcome. I hope you enjoy the enjoy the experience. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. I can't remember when we actually met, Sandra, but I think it may have been, we may have like passed each other maybe in a race or something, but we, I think we officially met at South Sea Park Run. And I think I was preparing to do the Grand Union Canal race, and obviously yourself and 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 your husband Russ were, were giving me some advice on it. But I think I think that's where we met. Um, uh, I'm wondering when that that was because we've both done it in the same year. But I don't know, was it that year? It was oh, yeah. last year. I think it was leading yeah. up to last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that would be it. Yeah. So yeah, Russ so, had done it beforehand. He'd already yeah. finished it, I think, at that point. Yeah, I, I was, think he has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess a good place to to start would be um how how are you and your family coping during this this these strange COVID days? Um, it's strange. It's weird. Russ is furloughed, um, but having all that extra time, I don't know if he knows what to do with it half the time now. Um, it's mm. quite difficult. He's a builder, can't do the things he wants to do because you can't get hold of things. Yeah. So he's a little bit lost. We've done a lot of um. Uh, we've had his daughter and our grandson with us for, for quite a long time, basically just so that we, we were as one household. Okay. And that's been distracting. So we had a bit more babysitting to do. Um, <laughs> and I'm in and out because I work at the hospital. We live right near to the hospital. So it's easy for me. And we're just I don't work frontline, but still some essential work that we need to do. And we've I've been it's been taken a while to get used to the change in that respect and I, but it's realizing that everyone 
it's affecting everyone in different ways and yeah. being understanding to to how everyone is feeling and probably keeping an eye out for everyone at this at this time some people go quiet some people um you don't know that there that there's a problem and it's probably making sure that you keep having a the odd phone call or chat to people that you haven't heard for a while make sure they're all okay because i think everyone right now has certain struggles because it's such a change a yeah really for sure massive for everyone and i think it's having tolerance and um, kindness at this time for everyone i think yeah i mean i've, I've seen i've seen lots of that around generally um, amongst all the the horrible kind of like newspaper headlines and all those those horrible videos going around on facebook that people insist on sharing that just cause unnecessary kind of like mess in your own head and and they they i think they kind of like give off a, a really negative vibe because generally everyone's been very very use uh, very helpful and you know, yeah. and, and really useful to everyone in the road. I know my road's kind of got like this little card system in the windows that, that people have red and green cards. And yeah. if anybody needs any help and people are generally asking, you know, if everyone's OK and they're just really friendly, just out and about. So I think, yeah, yeah. like you say, it brings out the best in people. I think, I definitely. think so. I think if you go out with that attitude, you might keep your distance. You might and you might say hello after you've passed <laughs> rather mm, than. Yeah. Before, yeah. So you're not facing at the time. Say good morning, you know, and it makes the other person the same way and it, it's correct and there's no bad feeling as a runner between walkers and runners you hear all this all you have to do is be kind say thank you say hello say you know move out into the road the roads are quiet um, yeah. people face but not to avoid but actually still to take be polite and be able to say you know have a good day and that's what it helps make me feel better because you get the good side of people coming out as well rather than um being miserable if you like so i'm yeah, trying sure. i've always been known for head down and don't talk to anyone but i'm trying to be a more positive out there to mm. give something back as, as, as you go past because you yeah. don't know anyone's story um, exactly yeah you don't know how anybody's day's been or what news they've had so yeah it's um i think it's the right the right attitude to have yeah. but I, I know certainly when i'm out running I'm, I'm kind of like all over the beach sometimes and i'm running in the road and just, you know, I've bumped into other runners that I know, bumped into Dave a few times out, out and about. So we've, we've run. You know what? I think we should have runners bingo at the end of this. And you write a list of all the people you've seen during lockdown. I've seen people I haven't seen for over 10, well, 10 years. <laughs> um, one couple I've seen past twice, not mm. seen them in ages. And it's just these odd people. And I'm just thinking... It's amazing you do, because I don't go down the running club anymore, local club very much at all, but I know a lot of people from the time I've been there. And I, yeah. it's just passing your person. I just think, yeah, we could have, you know, runners bingo and see how many people and how often you've seen people that you wouldn't normally, you haven't seen for ages. Yeah, so, I think that's a great idea. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, amazing, it's amazing all the creativity that's kind of come out of this as well. It's quite it's quite amazing seeing all the videos. And, and like you say, bumping into people... Um, you know they haven't seen for years out and about walking their dogs reminds me of all the the neighbors and stuff on these videos you see that are posted around social media where you know there's entire blocks of flats and stuff just you know having disco parties together and people shouting across and people they've probably never spoken to in you know in the in the years that they've been there and it's yeah. kind of like connected people in in, yeah. in an incredible way out. that's it because i'm just on a small group of places and i've gone to to all my old uh, older neighbors and said come if you need anything let me know kind of thing mm. so that I can help if they need it um so That's I think really it has nice. the best the best in people yeah. and it's kind of not 
keeping the negativity under control really at a time like this yeah for sure now Sandra we, we were obviously both um, uh, affected like everybody uh, but, but more recently because we were both meant to be running the Thames Path 100 which was I think meant to be in a couple of weeks time and I'll tell you what I am absolutely gutted about this because um, I was going back a year on to try and finish the race because I had a I had a, my first DNF last year in, in the race, so I've now got to wait another year because I can't do the September adjusted date. Um, yeah. But, but how, how has COVID-19 so far affected um, uh, your running year? Uh, dare I say it's not been terrible because I've had more um, medical issues to deal with and it's given me a bit of breathing space. Mm-hmm. Um, so having things move back is, a, is for me, has been um, possibly a help. Um Okay. At the moment, I've just I've been in hospital in February with what's defined as acute anemia, to the point that I needed a blood transfusion. Right. I've I had this four years ago, and then nothing in between, and it was said for unknown cause. Um, they're keen to put it, some people to blame it on running, and there's something called foot strike anemia through the constant repetitive um, running mo- bash, banging damaging your blood but there is no evidence from the hematology department of this and they are convinced that I'm having a a bleed basically somewhere (laughs) but there's still no they're struggling to find that so so right now I'm in the middle of this unknown area it took four years for it to happen again um but I don't know when it might happen and I was unfortunately due to have um appointments with the gastroenterologists 28th of April no 28th of March which were considered urgent, but were still cancelled, moved to the 1st of April of all days, cancelled mm. again. So I'm sitting in this un, no man's land, still waiting for answers. But they should I should get these exams at some point. So all this worry of this while deciding, you know, is it the right thing to be training these distances for these distances yeah. when there's something not right with me? Um, it's, it's quite disconcerting. So having a little bit of a break where I can just at the moment I go running without any pressure as such. I try and I know keeping fit is is important. I try and get out regularly to keep a, a base level, but mm. I'm not targeting. I don't have to target anything now till September. Yeah, so that's okay. my target. So for me, it's taken the pressure off when there's other medical conditions going on with me. But which sound like they've been going on since, as far as I could tell, about 2006 or 2007. I've had anemia on and off since then and and just thought, oh, it's not, you know, everyone blames it on nutrition and things. And it looks like it's nothing to do with that. Somewhere internally, there may be a, a small bleed. It's something called angiodysplasia, apparently. It happens to okay. older people. But it's not definite. They still don't know for sure. So I've got this ticking time bomb that one day, another day, I'm going to wake up, feel crap. And my blood levels will be, you know, to yeah. the floor. And that could happen any time, which is a bit of a worry. And it would be good to get that on, mm. get an answer oh, to sure. that. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, I guess of all, of all timing, it's, um, this is kind of not, I was, uh, it's, it's, it feels wrong to say in the right place, but yeah. a, a blessing in yeah. disguise kind of thing. It's, um, yeah, yeah in terms of just, I just the running specific. That was all, it's unfortunate. It, just, mm. If it was a week earlier, I might have had it done before this all happened. Yeah. And now it's, have to, it still has to be delayed uh, but in myself right now you know I feel quite well um, and this is what happened before it all all my blood levels go back to normal and everything's back to normal I've, I've had four years without this 
problem but what with no knowledge of what sets it off in the first place so it's a little bit of a worry and worry in the background okay yeah, yeah. i'm looking forward to Thames path in september though yep yeah, yeah so you can so you can make the the, the adjusted date then and uh, and yeah. go back so yeah good 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 um oh, that's really strange you mentioned earlier about foot strike uh, anemia via foot striking that's that sounds that sounds pretty bizarre yes yeah if you look it up you can it can find it and there has been some evidence some papers about it but it's just this constant repetitive motion of banging against the, it's meant to be damage uh but they said they've they've looked at my blood and there is no evidence of this um okay. and just, so at the moment it's they don't think it is but yeah. that was one one gastroenterologist who's keen to not to say it's nothing to do with blood loss just mm. put it down as a diagnosis without any evidence and the haematologists are all um insistent it's nothing to do with it at all okay but i have so, no answer so is it um have you have you actually been doing any running at all this week or weekend or, or recently yeah, or you yeah. are completely off yeah no i'm running regularly i would okay. say five times a week I, um i do um the weather's so gorgeous isn't it so I, I i can get out the from the back of my house into fields straight away um which makes it's it's just lovely so i'm actually getting out i i love being outside um and so that one that allowance of exercise i can't say how grateful i am for them to to appreciate the need for us for everyone as a society to have exercise and how important it is not just for your physical health but your mental health and it just makes a difference to me every, every day and even on the days where I might not run I might consider having a walk because I just feel better for getting yeah. outside for a little while it's it's beautiful out there so yeah I'm yeah. still running I'm still running as much as I can um, but just keeping it at a level that I'm is probably not affecting my not make mm. keep being pushing me down too low that I'm feeling run down or anything because I don't think yeah. that would be this time really I think this is this is my this is you said earlier about the time of year and how gorgeous it is outside this is my favorite time of year to run because you come out of the winter into the nicer weather knowing that there's even better weather ahead of you for, for quite some yeah. many months so it's um it really does set you up nicely and, and feel, feels positive when you're outside in the sun definitely yeah so I think it's good to get out while, as we're allowed and just respect the um social distancing rules um and not travel off too far to get to somewhere not you know i'm fortunate that i do have some greenery um yeah. like directly behind me and some horrid hills as well that i can uh oh, they're, they're they're as horrid as they are they're lovely aren't they <laughs> yeah they keep the train they keep the legs strong yeah. but we've, yeah. we've 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 got so much to get through sandra you sent me so many um I just couldn't believe the the breadth of experience you've had, and you know the some of those those huge, huge distance runs that you've done, which I I had no idea about. I'm I'm really keen to get into them into the meat of things. But to start right at the at the very beginning, um, you know even even before all these races came along and running came along, um, where were you born and 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 where did you grow up? And 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 make note, I haven't asked when you were born. It's just where were you born and where did you grow up? <laughs> yeah, um, in London, um, Shepherd's Bush actually i was okay. born um and spent and basically grew up in london west london um until i went to university so that was my whole youth was was in london yeah okay a long, yeah. good old were, londoner were you were, were you a runner um when you were younger did you do um, um any I sports did, i didn't I, I i didn't particularly like it at school i did r rowing was in the family my brother 
was an international runner and rower and a junior international as well. My father has been involved with rowing all his life. And when I was about in my early teens, I said, I I want to row. And because I was little at that time, they tried to get me to be a cop in a boat, you know, so steering the boat. So I said, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to row. And I um, joined a rowing club. I think I've been a member of two or three different clubs, depending on where I where I was living. And that was my love. I absolutely love it was on the Thames. And at one point I had my own sculling boat as well. So it's a tiny little thing. I used to scull, um, did a lot of racing in that. So I only ran as part of training for rowing. And I didn't particularly like running that much. It was just something I had to do. Um, but, but I suppose my competitiveness in sport will have come through from there because it was all there were. We were always in um, races. There were head races, head of the rivers, which lasted about 20 to 30 minutes. That was the longest events really I had and then okay. short sharp um, races that were about five or six minutes um so they, that so I entered quite a lot of races often in teams in a four or an eight as well so a lot of um my social side of uh, life was also involved with rowing I did row at Henley Women's Regatta at one point and I did do one international event in Ghent at one oh. point so so I did get to do a reasonable amount of rowing but I didn't take it I don't think my training was ever serious enough to get to get um very far I did do trials for the, the GB squad at one point but I didn't, didn't make fantastic. it wow. um, uh, yeah I, that was my my what I loved and then what was the strangest thing is I when I went to university I went to Nottingham and Nottingham is really renowned for for rowing and um because they've got the home pier point course there where international events will be held and I actually dropped rowing altogether then and I I somehow took up running around that time and I it was I didn't particularly like it I somewhere along the line decided to do a half marathon with my brother and my boyfriend at the time um I'm it's around, I think, 1980. I've, I've worked out about 1986. And this right. is where you work out the age. Yeah, 33 years ago, I've worked out to be. So that was my first half marathon. It absolutely killed me. My, I did eight miles as my maximum in training. I still remember this. I, I was two hours, 10, I think I took. Okay. And I couldn't walk. I, I entered something two weeks later and I wasn't, I could still couldn't walk properly two weeks later. I was an absolute mess. So <laughs> I, at that time, my um ability running ability was pretty poor and I didn't still didn't really love it at all then I just sort of did did the running and it it was a bit of a chore um and I I sort of grew to love it over time later I think but in the early days it was just um I didn't really enjoy it at all (laughs) yeah I think I think I think it's very common around for people to kind of go through the stage where they're running where they're kind of doing it for various reasons whether it be health or running with with friends and stuff but you actually don't enjoy it that much because I mean yeah. it is really painful to kind of build up the you know the amount of base mileage on your legs that, that turns it into something like rather enjoyable I, yeah. I think personally from my own experience that is how I, I got into it as well um that's interesting yeah, I I, think, mm. that's why I think the couch to 5k is so good this this way of encouraging people to run to do something so many times a week and I think the only way is you you do need a six-week block of running two to three times a week for six weeks and at that point you'll start thinking 
oh, I've just done a run and it's not been so bad. I yeah. actually forgot about it for a while and I was daydreaming. And it, it, it then you start to be able to use running to relax and mm. to go out for for pleasure on a an e, sort of a gen, you know a run where you're jogging and you're not under any stress kind of thing in the same way and it becomes a really therapeutic um thing to do yeah i think that some, happened to me later on. yeah and then i think at some point the bug the bug bites bad and then that's it you just become completely and utterly obsessed yeah. with it so <laughs> and oh, then there's yeah, no definitely. there's no escape out sandra after that that's it i i came to portsmouth in 2000 and at that point, I'd never been a member of a club. I'd done some running um, in Plymouth, uh, been in Plymouth for 10 years, and I'd done a couple of halves, the Plymouth half and the Plymouth one, and I'd done a Plymouth hoe, I think it was the 10-miler there. So I'd done a bit, and that was as much as I'd done. And I came to Portsmouth, joined the Joggers Club, and the reason I joined it, I'd run in London all the time. This is quite a sad thing for Portsmouth here. Yeah. I, I run in London on my own have no problems I started running in Portsmouth on my own and the amount of heckling and hassle I had from people um, made me join a club there was a time there were three blokes in a car and I was running along a road and they opened their car door in front of me and when you're running your adrenaline is quite high Mm. and I stopped turned around went back to them and started having a go at them and then I ran off and I just thought that was a really silly thing to do because you know three young blokes in a car and I think I can I'm a match for them but you 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 become all you know quite your adrenaline running and you I was so angry that they would do this to me so it made that's what made me join a club in the first place for for being for safety really because I didn't I hadn't had this problem in, in London and I joined the club and every weekend there were um groups of people who did marathon training there was quite a large core of marathon trainers training with different groups at different paces so I would just go along with them and I just say well I'm never doing a marathon it's I mean stupid it's bad for you and I was adamant and then at well, some point some little a girl had gone off to do London and I was doing all the running with them and she came back and I just thought well why not and it was kind of seeing other people doing it that made me think, oh, well, I'll have a go at that. So joining a club probably was the influencing point because I was never, ever going to do a marathon. <laughs> OK, that's, in- that's interesting you said that. I-, I don't know why, you know, back back to the point with the, you know, the heckling and stuff. I know, I know that still goes on and it really just baffles me why people do that. And just don't, they don't people just don't realize the effect they have on on other people's lives and stuff. And it's terrible. I mean, I mean, and even I've had it as a bloke, you know, where, where things have been thrown out, Carl car windows and it's um it's really it's really terrible i i hope that stops at some point but i know yeah. it probably never will um because i was going to ask you why you joined why you joined the club in the first yeah. place so obviously that's, that's what the first impetus was really yeah first kind of safety yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I, I, for myself because of my own reaction to it i didn't avoid it i actually turned around and went back which was the wrong thing but i know that's what when you're running you can actually instead of being scared you can actually be bolstered you know because you're you're more you're aggressive kind of thing as you're running and Mm. I just thought I'm going to get myself into trouble here the best thing was to just keep going you know and I didn't and it was my reaction to it that made me think I'd be better off joining a club and you still get it as I remember as a group you know there'd be people come past and heckle you but if you're in a group yeah you're you know, you can answer back in a much more safer manner, kind of thing. Correct. But it's still, yeah. it's still happening. Numbers. 
yeah yeah so that, that was the initial impetus yeah okay so, so um obviously joining the club for that reason you obviously joined the club and and i know portsmouth joggers are really really friendly clubs so i've been there a few times myself and did you make uh, loads of good friends at the club and h- how did your training and, and running change after joining the club i ended up well i i did my first marathon there and this was a very special one and um, you've had katie Carew robinson already on i don't know if she yes. mentioned it she didn't, didn't do the marathon but it was a whole load of the club went and it was we're twin city and um it was arranged to take a coach load across for the d-day events and i can't think if it was the 60th anniversary i think of d-day okay and we had a coach and i think it was like 50 odd people joggers went there was a marathon a ladies five mile and um ah. Oh, it was a half marathon, Pegasus half marathon, mm-hmm. and you could choose what you were to do. And I chose to do the marathon as my first, thinking I wanted my first to be special because I wasn't going to do another one. That's what I said. London even then wasn't great. So I decided to do a marathon. There were four of us um, that did it. And uh, um, we went over on the coach. I can remember everyone going out, eating stuff pizza and everything or going to different places to eat and I brought my own food I was so obsessive and so concerned you know to try and get this marathon done and I stayed in while everyone and I took it all so seriously but I did it it was a gorgeous day um and I can remember the very last bit there were there were photographs photographers around as you went came into um the finish and I finished and I just completely broke down in tears they were really worried about me it was just the emotion I was just so tough to have done it and it again I wanted that first marathon to be special and it really was it was a great it was the best club trip uh, weekend I've ever had it was it was really good um and Katie will remember it as a, as a really good fantastic you know, so, so was, 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 was it was it a nice day outside on on that day was it a was it, it a, a, it like a, a day. yeah it was a beautiful hot day it's in June obviously it was and it was okay. hot I was hoping to go for the 75th one, I think, anniversary for um, later. And no, was it 70, no, the 70th? Uh, 10 years later, 2014, yeah. I was going to go, but I couldn't make it because I was doing uh, one of my second 100 miler at that point. But the, okay. so I moved on from then. But yeah, um, I would love to. I think we went back last year, me and Russ, and did the um, half marathon, which was nice. Okay. So um, back then. You mentioned earlier you took your own food. Was that was that your own food for the race or your own food for the trip? No, for for the evening I was eating uh, took pasta. I, I was, my attitude now to long distance running, in terms of nutrition, is better for running. But I don't think about it before or after before a race much as much as I did then. But I think it was just it was my first one and the thought that it was going to be my first and my last one. That's how I, that's what I thought at the time. But yeah. in, in other running, I also started doing joining the HRL events as well so I did shorter distances I did all the league races I did the cross country so I got into doing a lot more running at that time um for the club sort of thing there was quite a good group of people and I think I I was the league captain for a while trying to encourage other people to do it sort of thing get more women involved in the league races so even though I don't do it now I did my bit a while back and I think I'm trying to think well, I was probably the secretary for a while of the in the for the club for a, a few years as well so I did, okay. sort of did my bit in those days but I've sort of disappeared mm. from the um doing things for the in the club as such as when I used to but I and yeah. the road race league was, was a good it was a great 
environment was a team spirit going to these events which was really good and I think that's come back again now with um with the club as well which is good to see good I was going to ask you actually on on the topic of um you know encourage you said you were encouraging um more female participation what what was it like back then even because that's not that long ago you know 2000 I guess uh was was the number of female runners in the marathons and stuff like less than it was now a lot less Gosh, do you know, I, I, the thing was, I'm trying to think for me, there weren't many. Because um, it's good. It seems to be on the rise. You know, there seems to be a yeah, lot more. Yeah. I think there's more now than there was then. There were still a few, but not many. Um, I think there are more people. But I just think the, the the ultra scene has really taken off. But that may be because I'm aware of it. Because um, at that time, there weren't really any. I wasn't really aware of anything other than marathons. And so I, I did, I think, in the early stages, two marathons, three marathons a year. I might have got two in the end. And my favourite my favorite marathon is Beachy Head. I don't know if you've done that. I haven't, no, but I have heard I of it. <laughs> I thoroughly recommend it. Um, okay. I toss up whether it'll go this year. It is October, but it's very, very packed at the start. So we'll see if COVID has it um, any effect on that this year and that's the end of October it's a really um, hilly goes over seven sisters but it's that's absolutely right. beautiful and as I say I, I learn over the years as my, I started to do more marathons I realized how much mental um, support how much they help me mentally running long I found if I've got lots of things bothering me once I've run for a few hours those things disappear because all you are is in 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 the moment yeah. and you don't think about anything else and I I I just found I got such a lot out of just running for long even you know it might my legs might hurt but there's something about it and the also the sense of when you finish the achievement oh, yeah. uh, you, you feel so good afterwards as well you know it, they're just they're just great and I just grew to to love doing marathons you know and um, mm gradually bringing in some longer distances so I've done a f- few abroad um I think my fa- Barbados was nice yeah um, I've been to Israel um wow. yeah so it's got me around a bit did Berlin a few times as well so there, there was done... one I wanted to ask you about Sandra was um obviously you've you know you've run some really good times with your marathons and, as well and I know you've got uh, you set your fastest time in 2009 um, I think you said you ran a you ran a three twenty three twenty three thirty three twenty six in Blackpool three twenty six in Blackpool yes yeah I've got um yeah because I did that twice in Blackpool yeah so it was just a period around that time where I did I I remember my I always wonder if I could have done better I did in one year in April I did Blackpool in three twenty six and then I went and did London and London was what I was targeting and that was three that was the three weeks later and that was just under 328 so it was only two minutes slower three weeks later I think if I hadn't done Blackpool three weeks before maybe I'd have done better but you can always look back and think oh you know but that was about a period of time where I I was finding I could just I could do on sub 330 but even then I I was training four times a week I've never at this stage I've never taken training very seriously in my early lot of years I just loved running and I would just do club runs and just get on with it sort of thing I didn't have any structure so I did pretty well considering I think you know just just got out and and ran in groups and things yeah I I would say when you have that when you when you look at running and you and you you think of running as 
that's the thing that you enjoy then it doesn't matter if you have the love for the running everything else is irrelevant and if and if pbs come they come if they don't who cares because you're just out there loving doing what you what you love to do because i think there i think what happened there was a step change at some point i'm trying to think what it was well, even when I did, I mean, I did my first ultra in the same sort of time, 2009, but it was a while before I did have a go at a hundred miler. Um, mm. So for a while I was going to ask get... you, I was going to ask you before, I was going to ask you about that, that ultra, because it's got a very strange, your first ultra you did was 42 miles long. But, but yeah. just before we go into that, you yeah. ran, there was a marathon that you ran, which I had to look up, which was the Anaga marathon in 2012. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I saw your yeah. finish time on that and I was, I was curious to find out about that i really recommend it um it's in um tenerife in the north and it's there's a point it's i mean i can't remember that this is all it's took me eight hours just over eight hours and i was fairly i was pretty fit at that time um i've since been back and done the the half um i think a couple of times but the the marathon is more than twice as hilly as the half and it goes around quite a lot of coastal area and there is a point mm. where you've run down to the beach and it's taken you an hour to run down bearing in mind that you're not at the highest point at this point and then you from that point on you have to go uphill and you're going uphill for three hours it took you three hours to go up and it's big steps and it's just it was just mountainous basically yeah it sounds like the Alps. Uh, but you know so it was amazing I don't know if I do it again it but it was I would recommend for an experience if someone wants a challenge yeah that is definitely one to go and do it it was the this beautiful beautiful the, the scenery was beautiful um but as I say I might go back and do the half again I suppose yeah well, that, that's it's actually more than twice as as hilly than the half so you've got the half but the marathon was you know there was even more hills that you wouldn't have seen this it was just this bit where you went ran down all the way to the beach and then you ended up having to go back up again even higher than you were before and it took me three hours of just wow. constant uphill so that was it's four amazing. hours yeah but that, it reminds was me, that reminds me of running the um running the ccc on those some of those climbs you know at night time you're just going up and up and up and up for hours and you just you, yeah. you look up and you can just see a trail of head torches ahead of you and you're thinking is this a joke? Is this actually just like a, a movie set that's been put above me? Uh, you, you just can't believe how long it goes on for. But um, I mean, that's something I haven't really thought about doing until I hear people who've gone to watch it and just said what an atmosphere it is there. So that's uh, something else maybe on my list. On your add. list for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that so that first in fact, I think I, I did Google the Anaga Marathon, actually, and I think it, I think it had about two thousand six hundred meters of elevation which is a hell of a lot for just the marathon distance so there you go um but it counts as a pb in my books so your pb of uh, eight hours and something so perfect (laughs) now that first ultra that i mentioned earlier was i've never seen an ultra of of the distance 42 miles now did somebody just get that wrong and 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 was meant to make a marathon it's a it was a navigational one um and i do you know what i i meant i should have looked it looked it up myself to think it was somewhere up north And you had to, I spent a lot of time preparing for it, following the route. And it can be quite boggy at times. Mm. Um, but in the end, at that time I did it, I can remember, the thing I can remember is really struggling in the latter stages 
with injury problems with my knees and I can remember and I think that's why I, I was thinking why I've stopped I didn't do much longer distance after that is I didn't believe I could do it I didn't think my body could cope um so I remember having my knees strapped when I did that but it was again this was another one like the like wake it's a it's a walk route like wake walk and um and I can't think where the finish was was it Osmotherly? Osmotherly, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And somewhere like to a, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. So that, <laughs> I, think the, I, I think that area is where, is around the Hardmores course. Is it? Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. yeah. Right, it's boggy then, yeah? It oh, was yeah, definitely. Boggy and hilly. Beautiful course, challenging for having to navigate. And I think I'd sort of done quite a bit of prep for that. Mm. Um, but I remember the thing I remember is having my knees strapped and in the latter stages sort of running and hobbling and I can remember for the next few years of running when people you know doing some longer events were appearing me saying I can't do that I can't get past 28 miles without feeling that my my knees can't cope you know and it wasn't a knee injury it's it's at the back of my knee some like something getting trapped and I had a long period of time before I really got into doing anything longer because I didn't I really didn't think I could do more because I didn't okay. think my body could cope and that's I think there is that thing of attitude you making a decision and then you convince yourself and then you don't don't move forward with things um so yeah, I think my probably came um when um I think I, my first hundred was the South Downs Way hundred um, what, what a great race sorry what an absolutely superb race it's it's, a, yeah. I think it's one of the best yeah yeah I did that but the reason I did it was I think the year before um, Russ had Russ Tullett had entered um at this point I'm trying to think because we we are married now um but in these these uh at this point he was meant to be doing the the, the hundred was okay. having real problems with his knees and I remember speaking to the, to, um, and asking whether I could have his place if he didn't do it and in the end he didn't do it this was before all the strict rules on waiting lists and things have come in yep. and I ran it but I'd been injured beforehand um, and two weeks before I was just getting back a bit and I, I ran a marathon and I remember saying to us I think because I, I had the place I said I think I'm going to do it and I had this look of you sure you really should be doing this you know <laughs> and in the end <laughs> it, it took me um 28 and a half hours and that would actually not even be acceptable now because i think the cutoff's 28 isn't it for the south downs 100 it's 30 um, is it 30 oh all right 30 hours, yeah. okay so i still would have got th- through but the thing about that uh, was um i felt really really sick at about 40 miles and i i think that was the first time i really discovered nausea in a race and I remember people going past me saying, right, take some salt tablets. And I did what I was told, didn't know what I was doing. And I and I got through it with quite a lot of wobbles. Um, and then from then I did a did the, did the hundred, the same one a year later, faster, but still part, having the same problems with feeling sick. And it really put me off yeah. running long. And I just thought, I'm, I don't want to run long if that's how I'm going to feel. I, I, again, I was at that stage where I didn't know enough. And I didn't really understand what I needed to do. I, I actually at that point decided I didn't like electrolytes, stopped taking electrolytes because I didn't think they were right for me. Um, and then when I got back, what I decided to do, because you were asking like about one of my longer events, is I went even longer 
and decided, well, if I run slower, mm-hmm. then I won't feel sick. <laughs> so that was my 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 choice to go to an even longer race was to think, well, I can run a bit slower and then hopefully my stomach will cope. Yep. So that was my my naive method for trying and to go longer. That didn't work, obviously. <laughs> well, it got it got better because I did um, Liverpool to Leeds, which was 130, and I, yep. and I didn't get nauseous then. And then I went and decided to do Thames Ring, which was for um, 100 hour cutoff. That was 250 miles. Oh, that just blows my mind. I won't feel sick doing that if I run slow because I'd looked at all the cutoff times and thought, well, I could do that if I don't run too slow. So, and in the end, I entered that. I didn't take any, I didn't use electrolyte. I, it was normal food, um, trying to, to get the balance right. But I think, and because I did probably about from about Milton Keynes from halfway, just over, I walked nearly the whole way after that. There was enough time, but just kept walking per, with a purpose. Yeah. So wow. I ended up, that was how so in the, there's been times where I thought I don't want to do this ultra running anymore because it I feel so crap but people mm. it happens to everyone at some time I think where you feel really bad <laughs> and you, yeah it's, you, it's really so bad yeah. sometimes you can deal with it and sometimes you can't I'm actually going through another process despite some people saying that you don't need salt um I went to the national running show in February this year yep and had a sweat test which says I'm a salty sweater. And the last event I did, I got to 80 miles this time and I was taking some salt, but probably still not enough for me. So I think once you get to these levels, um, when you're struggling to eat enough, you're not getting your salt in your food as well. I think I really have to bite the bullet and go back to looking at what works in terms of getting the right levels of salt. So in the past, I just did it by pure naivety I am looking into it a bit more and trying to experiment in training with different things to try and work out what what's working going to work so I'm still learning I know I know and it's I'll tell you what with the nutrition Sandra it's interesting because like I've I've struggled with with the same thing myself in long races to the point where I've almost considered the same thing you did is is long distance running for me am I better at just sticking at you know 10ks to the marathon distance but I um I've almost thrown my toys out the cot with the nutrition and, and said, you know what, no matter what I do and when I think I've nailed it, the configuration changes again. So you have another a different day, different temperatures, um, a different training leading up to the race. And it just seems that when you think you've nailed it and you go into a race with a plan, it just all goes to pot. So I, I don't think there is an answer, really. It's, it's the unsolvable puzzle. But it's fun. I think it appeals to my, I think as I've grown into this um, anal nature and I, the longer ones, there's lots of planning and I like the planning and mm. I, I like planning what I'm going to have at this point, this point, this point, but except it might all fall, go out throughout the window. But part of the, the actual thing about long distance running as I, I like the training for it. I like the long distances and the, the key change I made, I think before Liverpool to Leeds, again, was this, disbelief of what you should do running was a lot of people were doing back-to-backs at the weekend and I've always at this point was saying well I'm too old for that I can't do that I've never done it and then I just a little person in the back of me just said well have you tried you know and 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 then I decided to look to other training plans and started putting in back-to-backs on a weekend not long but just gradually increasing them and then getting to a peak and then tapering 
um, yep. and finding, well, if you do follow some structure, it does get better. So I started bringing in new things. And I think that's it. As you say, things can still fall apart. But, the, but planning is part of the fun of ultra running for me. Yep, I actually true. like planning, you know, so that's that sort of affected me as well. I mean, Thames Ring, you have checkpoints um, every 25 miles. You don't have any support in between. Um, I had Russ, my husband, with me there and meeting me at checkpoints. But in my my bag would be 10 plastic bags, and each plastic bag was full of food and what I wanted for the next 25 miles. So you just pull out one, put in the next one. You know, and all that planning had to, before the race, I enjoyed, you know, that's part of okay. it through you do have to have some kind of plan but you also have to have um what would you do if it all falls apart kind of plan as yeah, well yeah for sure for sure right. sandra if we if we jump back to like the, the timeline ish um back to maybe via the information you sent me to 2016 you your health took a, took a bit of a knock um and you had to actually go into hospital for a for a blood transfusion yeah so that um, was the same as what's just happened that was yeah in january 2016 i had an acute anemia I didn't know what it was why mm. um and I just it's so bad it's, it's very sudden um I it's I was running I can remember this 20 miles um one day and another day at the weekend and by Thursday I couldn't run at all and I felt dizzy walking up the stairs yeah and it was really quite significant it doesn't was and I, I took a blood test on the Friday morning, we were traveling to Manchester to see family and the doctor rang me up while I was in Manchester to say, you really need to um, have a blood transfusion. And I lasted there looking. And I can remember being so scared, like saying to, to Russ, okay. saying, I don't if I don't wake up, can you just get me to the hospital? I'll be fine. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, it's just heavy anemia. And we got back from the from Manchester, rang and they admitted me and my blood levels, which were 60 something before I left. Had gone down to 50 something. Now, normal for your hemoglobin is about 120, and they transfused wow. for around 80. And when you get anemic through nutrition, you you feel the signs of it at around 100, 100, 110. And, and um, I've had that a few times. I can tell when I'm anemic, but severe anemia, it because it's sudden. Some people can cope with it through if they've got some kind of um, long-term illness and chronic illness. But this was sudden, a sudden drop from normal to, to 60 something and then by the time I got back from the weekend it was 50 something which was the equivalent of losing a pint of blood which they couldn't find anywhere so yeah. so it was, wow. it was from so in the end I had the transfusions they checked my blood there was nothing wrong I recovered normally as someone would if they had a severe bleed and then I just got back and it actually I I remember the blood was on the 10th of January which was my birthday so that was mm -hmm. my birthday gift was some new blood and I did um, a marathon on, I think I've got the date somewhere, 28th, I think, or 26th of January. We went to, we had a holiday in Gran Canaria and I asked if I could go. And they said, well, your blood levels look OK. And I was able to run a marathon like three weeks after that. So That's it amazing. does get better. But I say yeah. the most recent case, it's taken me a bit longer to get to get back. But I think I went lower my levels went even lower because we were, I was trying to get the, the, the haematologist to look at the blood before they put in any new blood to see yeah. if they had any the signs that can tell them what was wrong with me. But I, that anemia, I just forgot about after, you know, after about six months, everything's back to normal. And, and I completely forgot that I ever had it in the sense that it didn't worry me. Whereas now that it's happened a second time, I'm a little bit worried as to 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, a, that's, an, that's a remarkable recovery, though, to go off and, and do, the, do the marathon. Yeah, uh, I'm weeks later. Stop, I swear. Whether it was the right thing to do, I'm very stubborn. I, <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> I begin to know how I feel um, now, and I won't. I won't ever because this time I, I was anemic in November. I, so I, I went to Greece and did a 24-hour in January this year. But I was anemic in November, uh, down at 110, and given iron tablets and just enough time to get my levels back. Um, so I know my levels were per- fine in January. And then by February, I'd gone down to 60 something again. Um, and that was sudden. So I, you know, I, I had what I thought was normal anemia. And then I felt awful. And, and someone said to me, well, you can't be anemic. You've, you're taking tablets because I was taking high strength iron tablets. But it was the same thing that had happened four years earlier. And I didn't think about it because it hadn't happened for so long. Yeah. So it's still under investigation. A bit of a worry, though. I think I think my, my, my best book going back to 2016 was was the fact so so you so you obviously gone on holiday to Grand Canaria and run the marathon yeah. three weeks later but later that year you yeah. competed in the Leeds and Liverpool Canal race which yeah. um, I wasn't sure if you were going to mention it or not but you won you were first female finisher yeah. I can remember that event I trained properly on my own used a training plan in a book and yeah. I can remember being at the start line saying what am I doing here I don't belong here that's how I felt uh, was because I didn't feel that I should uh, worthy, if you like, of doing an event like that. And um, it was a shocking weather day as well. So we did some really shocking weather, but I got through it. And yet yeah, I was the first lady. And I'm so I've got my trophy happily on the mantelpiece. I'm really proud of that. So yeah, it was amazing. And it sort of I've got some lovely pictures of of that event. And um, just getting my trophy on that day. It was so unexpected and it was a great um, event. And I, lo- I absolutely love the canal races. Absolutely mm. love them, you know. But they are great People. races. I mean, I've only done one, but I've, I've read about them. Um, and I'd, I'd read so many blogs before I tried the Grand Union Canal race last year. And and although I didn't finish it, I, I can see the attraction for those races. And yeah. they're, very, they're, they're simple, they're easy. Uh, there's there's not too much fuss made which I like um, and you're really well looked after at the same time with with very little fuss it's yeah. it's it's an experience it's for sure. I love them and that's funny because that was another one where I wasn't going to do I don't want to run flat it's, it's going to be boring but I actually love flat just running in, and then having a, the plan of how I'm going to run in my head you know not going too fast if I can help it and just keeping on going so I, I'm mm. fi- I'm gradually finding things that I that I enjoy doing kind of thing yeah. appeals to me more hence I why port- i did the canal rate tried to do the canal slam mm. i think port, port uh, portsmouth had a good had a good show that year for that race because i when i went yeah. to the to the web page to have a look i think um, another runner in portsmouth um, who's well known russ bestley did really yeah. well that year he came yeah. second yes he had a really good year that year which is it was a, it was a great event and it was good for, for him as well which was great mm. Mm. Where, you know and, and you do and get that- people there that year as well, you entered the obviously you the hundred uh, marathon club as well. Now, do you is that the official marathon hundred club, or is that do you count like your ultra runs as towards your your marathons? Do you count ultras? They, but for example, um, I did. Um, if you do a run like a hundred miler and you end up not finishing and you've done eighty, that doesn't count. You have okay. to have a time a time at the of, of the event. So Liverpool to Leeds would count as one if you finish. Mm. Um, so the marathon club allows things longer than a marathon, 
Um, and I, I can't remember when I started. So I just gradually started getting realizing I got quite a few and started putting them together. And I joined the Mar- 100 Marathon Club initially with less than 100. That's what you do as an associate. And then you once you get 100, you show the evidence that you've mm-hmm. done it. And I was a period, I think I did uh, 18 in one year. It got a bit obsessive to try and get the numbers up. And in the last bit, I planned it to try and get my 100th uh, as Portsmouth Coastal, which was great. So I did my 100th, official 100th marathon, based marathons and ultras, in Portsmouth in December 2016 we're dressed as a in fancy dress um and husband by my side dressed in something very strange as well and it was it was great so we did um so my, I made you know that and I've, again 100th that was that was a good day to to get to get done yeah, so that was done yesterday, so I didn't worry so much about my marathons it just was a, a phase of trying to get them done really yeah and then, for sure uh, brilliant um I was going to ask you. So you briefly mentioned about this race called the, the is it the Tem the Thames Park Thames Ring Path I think it's called. So it's yeah. 250 yeah. miles, which is just mind blowing. Knowing myself what it feels like to to do 100 miles, uh, I just can't imagine what it's like to think to do another 150. It was, um, it was the most amazing event, I have to say. Um, that it's at the moment there. There's a lot. It, the actual entries are open now for next year and the max the limit is 100 they've never had I think I think the year I did it there were 54 people entered but I've got a feeling there could be more at the moment um and I when I entered it I I can't remember it was that feeling of well it's a long way but it's uh, um, someone else in the club had entered it before Martin Bacon he'd done it I think that's how I found out about it and I remember tracking everyone going around and thinking wow that's amazing And I'd go to bed wake up the next morning It'd be on my computer. I think, God, they're still doing it. And something in me decided, I just decided I wanted to do it. Um, and I can remember just beforehand, I did Thames Path as my training up to it. I, I'd heard um, other people who'd done their training. They'd done loads of hundreds. And I thought, oh, we're only doing one. And I'm, I pulled out of that one because I DNF'd. Uh, I thought, what on earth? Who do I think I am doing, thinking I can do this? And I actually went to speak to a, um, gosh, what would he, like a consultant, on posit- a motivational consultant. He was an ex-territorial um, army person to try and work out why I was doing it, because there's no point doing it if I'm going along thinking, well, I just, I'm not going to finish. I'm not, I haven't got this fear of failure. It's not the end of the world. If you, ha- yeah. you know, I thought, how am I ever going to do this? And I chatted to him about, about it and worked out the reason I do these things is for the memories and it, no one can take them away from you you go and you finish you those memories there are so many you get these special things yeah. you can hold on to that are yours and, and no one else is and you you know I was thinking you'll, you'll look back on them and think I did that um, and somehow when I came home from this consultation I cleared the mantelpiece and left a space for my medal I said to us that's my medal and I started packing it and getting ready to go Having said that, I did get have a wobble at um, 130 miles. I hadn't had any sleep at this point. And I rang up Russ saying, I'm fit, pulling out. I can't do this. I really can't. And I was walking and I just couldn't do it. And he said to me, you just need to sleep. Everyone's a lot better once they've had a sleep. So he pushed me in the tent and I actually had three hours sleep. Used all my um, banked time. Okay. And then when I got up, 
Um, I had a really bad ankle. Maxine, um, who's one of the her helpers with the Thames Ring. I mean, Lindley's the organiser of it, and Maxine as well. And she does amazing wonders to, to feet and looks after the, the, the um, runners really well. She strapped my ankle that was sore, taped my feet, which I've heard you get really, really sore feet. And I you never had a peep out of me after that. But the thing is, after the first night and the second night, you become so tired. Yeah. You can't think about anything else. And yes, uh, for the first experience of hallucinations, it was amazing. I can remember the very last day, so the fourth if fourth night. So I've been going and just kept going. I've been on my own the whole time. It's something I chose to do. And the fourth night, I'm, I've hit Oxford at about yeah. 9 p.m. I've gone just beforehand, found a pub and got sausage and mashed takeaway. Been walking in <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Kept walking and... It goes pitch black. And can you imagine? So you're going from Oxford to Abingdon to Radley. If you know that kind of area, it's just fields on my own, seeing dragons in the plants going, oh, that's that, that's interesting. And ringing Russ and saying, if, if, if my tracker stops, I've fallen asleep. Can you ring me and get wake me up? And, and I'll be walking along going, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why, why can't I do this tomorrow? And my head couldn't compute what I was doing and I just but I knew I just had to keep going so I just kept walking through these bushes that were nearly up to my to my shoulders narrow paths in the dark on my own for a while I could see the lights of the Radley College ahead of me walked to that and just came into Abingdon um there weren't any tents free at this point and I was stuck in a car slept for I don't know how long hardly any time at all because I was so near the cutoff and they set yep. me off with these two other runners <clears throat> who was always at the back also at the back and the three of us did the last 18 miles together and it was so special sharing that last bit with them and I just can honestly say I have the most precious memories from that event that I sometimes talk about doing it again but I'm so scared of the fact that it was ruin those memories that I have but perhaps it, it won't but that's what what yeah. stopped but I, the experience the journey is so special and it's different for different people where some people are a lot faster but it but it consumes you I, it's 250 miles I wrecked the whole course bar 13 miles beforehand and I loved wrecking I loved just going off on my own of a weekend and going and doing a bit of the course taking loads of pictures I took over a thousand wow. I became obsessed with it but I, I absolutely loved it and I would be going along the canal one day baking hot my feet are swollen my ankles are all sore and I as a canal boat going along and that you can they still see you've got a number it's all falling to bits of it and they say what are you doing and I'm, this is about day three and I'm going I'm doing a race and I'm gonna finish and I would start to cry <laughs> I was so emotional that I was actually doing it and I was beginning to see bits of the race or the event I thought and I was wrecking them in my little head saying well I might not even see these but I need to wreck them and I was actually seeing these parts of the race at 200 miles thinking, I know what this is going to look like because I've got pictures of it because I, I reckoned it. And the whole experience, mm. it was just wonderful. Sounds, and I was, I, you know, I, but that's made me at that point realise why I do things. Um, I, I do them for these, ex they, they give you life experiences that are that you just hold on to and you'll never forget. So I'm, and so it was I'm, good timing as well. You're inspiring me so much here. I think I might actually go onto the web page and have a look at this race myself. So <laughs> just yeah. 
I would. I would. I, I, I helped out last year and it's made me think about doing it again. You listen to the people once they've finished what it does, how it affects them. It really gets into you. You know, it's it's a great event, and it's it's you'll you'll see things you've seen on the on the on GUCR, and you'll recognise it, and it gives you some familiarity, which is quite nice. Yeah. But it was a very fitting time to have done it. Um, you'll probably mention this anyway because I, I got married then in August. Um, yes. To yep, that's right. And when I the, the I um to then the in November I I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So um, it was quite poignant that I got it done before then. But, and I, I've done a talk since to set the Thames rings. Next lot of people who are going to do it kind of saying to people, you need to do these things because you don't know what's around the corner. Um, so important. And, yeah. And I would say um, going through breast cancer has made me less scared of doing things because if you don't do them, you'll always look back and wish you had. So. Yep. you just don't know what your life is what's going to throw at you correct yeah and I guess having a diagnosis like that as well you don't you don't you just don't know what the future holds or how long the future is and it's um it really puts everything in, into perspective and yeah that must um, I can't imagine what it must have been like receiving that news especially after like such a good year a good year running and racing well, and finishing that interestingly, I, I, I have actually what I did during the time as part of my, my coping mechanisms I still ran a lot while I was on chemo I also wrote a, I'll call it a book it's called Cancer Diaries of an Ultra Runner and I wrote it as my own therapy while I was I, I was having going under, undergoing treatment but it also records all the running I did and it also records the earlier stage the shock initially and me checking my life insurance worrying about everyone else you know how they're all going to be but actually looking back at my running and thinking, yeah, if I, I can't ever run again, yeah, yeah, I can deal with that. I've done that. I've done that. Yeah, I can live with that if I have to. You know, and it, it was quite – it made, again, this fact that I'd done certain things for me that were significant, thinking, yeah, if, if I have to, if that's what my life – I can deal with that. And yeah. all my main worries were other people. And I have to say, going through treatment – the key thing I think is you do get a lot of people are very shocked and you're ended up reassuring everyone else because um, that you're going to be all right. But you also have people who come out of the woodwork have either had it themselves or have a mum who's had breast cancer and they can, they don't look at you like you're just about to, to kick the bucket. They look at you with, and they give you ideas of how to, to deal with it yeah. and um, what helps. And they were the people that really helped me. And partly of writing a book, I've had a couple of people with um, cancer, breast cancer since, uh, and I will give them support from my point of view as well, because you're, I've seen people post things about you're never the same after you've had cancer. And yes, it's uh, horrendous. And some people, you know, you are given a short straw, but actually also for other people, you can come out the other side and you can come out stronger and you can you can fight for your own life back yeah. you can do it and I it, what I mean I had low points and dealing with the chemo knocks you down you know it's a cycle of about six cycles and each one you feel worse <laughs> it's a gradual downward trip. but still throughout that I would go out and try and run I it's they said exercise was good for you the fatigue that you have is different 
to fatigue because you're exhausted. It, you know, I'd put my running kit out on the bed the night before and I'd get up and eventually I would get that kit on. I wouldn't put anything else on. It had to be that. So it forced me to be put in my running kit and I would go out. <clears throat> if I wasn't gonna, couldn't run, I would walk and I would make myself do it. And every time I did it, I always felt better coming back you know for doing it and you never you never regret going for a run and you still don't even if you've been going been going through cancer that's how I felt and it yeah. was um a savior for me so running has been even more significant for mm. me as a result of that but I say I'm always here if anyone you know wants any um support advice going through anything I, I've got my book it's um a bit of it's, it's it's not editable I'm probably going to produce it so give my husband a copy and a few friends if they want to but it's always there if someone wants to have a read um can you not self-publish it, it uh Sandra possibly, possibly. It, yeah but I th- it's a, it probably will be a bit boring for quite a lot of people no, <laughs> so I, I have, I'm, yeah. I'm just going through the editing phase and um I say you can, always, you can have a read and see what you think Russ Besley's read through it I think it's kind of too much of running in one bit it'd be good for it's two 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 stories mixed in so there's a lot of running experiences and then the information about going through the treatment um and, and how how it felt as you went through it so it's a bit mixed up probably uh, I'm not a, a writer but it's there if, if someone wants to to read it I'm just trying to edit it a little bit better this is one of my jobs through this um period of, um, of lockdown of trying to give it one more edit and then I might just get it into a publishable form yeah um, myself as a few friends as um friends, okay, well, really i mean if you if you ever want to share it out and stuff via via this via the portsmouth running podcast page then please yeah. just let us know you know i'd, I'd be glad to send a link out because like you yeah. said it's, it's really useful and you having yeah. those people around you during your treatment and stuff really seem to have helped you so if you can pass that on and help other people in yeah. the future it's a, it's a really great yeah. thing yeah but it did affect me um, as something significant for me. Is I, I don't know. Some people know have heard of Spartathlon. You, oh, yeah. You'll have known of it. Yeah, it's quite a. It's famous in the ultra world. And I've been going to, to Spartathlon since 2013. As wow, um, right? Yeah, I've been going a long time. Various people I've supported. So I so this year for going, I think it will be my eighth year. So consecutively, we end up going. But I've never run it. And every single year I've been there, I watch everyone. I think I'm not good enough to do it. I, I don't like the heat. I don't want to do it. And every year I've said that. And then after going through my cancer treatment, when I did GUCR, I said, I want to get under um, 35 hours to prove that I can get a Sparta qualifier. I'm not going to do it. I just want to prove that I can do it. And I did by just 15 minutes. And then I sat on it. I thought, why don't I want to do this event? Is it Mm. because, you know, part of it is because I'm scared because I'm not good enough. And I just thought, so what? I've got a a qualifier. I'm going to do it. And I would never, ever have considered entering that event before having had breast cancer. The Grand Union Canal race, I did as um, the, the Canal Slam, all three. And again, I probably wouldn't have thought about that. And I thought, why not? These things are here. Why not try them? So it, it's made me do things that are that's maybe a little bit scare me and maybe think I can't do. But you don't know unless you try. And the other thing I've done is I, I for some of my running, I've um, started having a coach. It's just stopped <clears throat> for a short while. 
while all this okay. is going on. But I, I've put some more. I thought if I'm going to try and do Spartathlon, then I need to give it my best. And I need if I can anything that can help because it's going to be a tall ask for me. Anything yeah. that gives me a better chance of finishing, then I will do that. Um, so I'm, um, but I didn't get in this year. I don't. I think that might have been a good thing. I was um, going to ask if you had a place yeah. or not. Yeah, no. And I think I'm so far down the list. But actually, again, with what's been going on with me <clears throat> and all that's going on now, I feel I'm happy to wait. I'd rather wait another year and have another go and apply again. Um, so we still see. But there is something that I say I've been seven years now and I've always said I'm not doing it I'm not good enough I don't like it and deep down it's the most emotional race the finish is phenomenal and I, I watch the emotions of people as they finish and it is a special race and um, I've just decided well you don't know what's around the corner as I've proved um, I'm getting yeah. older what, why not I've got I, I'm allowed to enter why shouldn't I and that's what I've decided now so that's having with, gone through breast cancer has affected my how I run and I'm trying to achieve things now that I wouldn't have even considered trying in the past okay yeah no absolutely I, I think yeah I think it's good you, you kind of took your, your your own advice that you were talking about earlier about just going off and doing things and not worrying mm-hmm. about whether you can do it or not just having going out and trying it and giving it your best shot and it's, coming back yeah, with those memories yeah. and that those experiences it doesn't matter about whether you finish cross the finish line or not or whether you can it's just giving it your best and and I, and I know I, you will yeah I'll be if I get in and I'm at the start I'll be crying my eyes out at the start before I even get down <laughs> they start and that the emotion of it will probably yeah. be more struggle for me in the early stages because I won't believe I'm there um because I've been so many years and been never thinking that I would ever do it you know so I know the plate I know the route so well I've, I've been up the mountain in the daytime I've, I've done quite a bit you know bits of the route because I've been there so many times mm, um absolutely. So it's a different kind of do you know do you know Portsmouth runner Jason Skiro because he I, I believe yeah. a lot of people didn't get in but he's he got a yeah. place for this year yeah. um, I'm, just, yes. I'm just wondering if it would work out if, if you're ever there and, and crewing I wonder if uh, you could have a tie up there <laughs> Yeah, we probably because we saw him um, out running one day. So he's get, um, getting his. That's another one on my bingo list. Seen him. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we will if we're there. Um, and if, if it runs, you know, we'll be there in some form of um, being able to su- sort of support others while while we're there. Um, we're not sure yet whether we'll support a single per group, but we might come and be just be there to help out wherever we can, sort of thing yeah. to other. Um, anyone that's there but yeah we we did see him in passing on our um on our hill near where we live just okay. said hello is so, um yeah, sandra you, you mentioned like you've you, like you've crewed for for quite a few people and stuff can like i've i've never crewed a single runner before but i've i've been at races to kind of help runners through yeah. portions of the race but i mean obviously it's, it's such an important job and and how do you how do you know which runners to crew for and stuff and how do you how do you manage the crewing well, well, I mean, crewing, I, it's weird. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a psychological game mm. as well, because you've got to get the balance right of knowing when they're going through a bad patch and to just ignore it yep. <laughs> and to try and keep them going. Or, you know, what you're trying to get, get them through, that's 
part of it. You know, they, they, as a, as a the runner, we'll have a plan. And it's yeah. when that plan starts to fall. It's when they start saying, no, I don't want anything to eat. I feel I'm too full. I'm too. And you have to work. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing. And they know deep down they need to take something. You know, they need mm-hmm. to do something. So it's kind of, but everyone is different. And, and you're saying what, stay, what happens on the trails stays on, stays on the trails. People get very oversensitive. As a crew, you can get overtired and yeah. take things personally that the runner is saying. But it means nothing. And you have to just get on with the job. If anything, crewing is harder than running sometimes. I mean, you, you feel more responsible for it, you know, and you feel if you've let them down. Russ will tell you I'm, he thinks I'm a bit of a diva when it comes to, to ru- um, running to my crew because he was crewing um, uh, one of the canal races and it was it turned sunny. And they've got this bag full of things for me. And I just had to go at him because he didn't have any sun cream. And he says, well, how can I remember everything? I said, that's your job. You're the crew. It's sunny. You need to think of it. Yeah. So, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. so as, a, as, as a person being crew, I think it's really important to think of everything, to try to think of everything. Because yeah. as a runner, the runner comes through, they're sometimes in too much of a hurry. They forget things themselves. You have to try and say, do you need this? Do you need this? You know, but you must take that and push it in them. But you've you've got to be ready and it's easy to forget we when russ did sparta we had a list of things where he was going to do some stretches um and it all got a bit of a rush on the first one because we haven't seen him it was a marathon point of spartathlon and things got missed and he had a slightly hot spot on his feet that got missed completely because we, there was all, all too rushed so i've made a lot of mistakes true as well and you do mm. do learn from so it's um it's quite a responsibility, but it's an experience as well. It is it is a good experience, and I think you learn seeing what other people do when they run as well. We you know you see what their methods are, and you take things off from other people, thinking oh that's a good idea, I might try that. Yeah. I used to have cool. things where I would change at half you know in the hundred marathon hundred miles, I would change at fifty miles or something as we went into night. When I did GUCR, when I did all the now races, I didn't change at all. I just put top over the top and just kept going. Because I've seen other people do that. I think, well, I don't need to change. Yeah. You know, what's the point? What's the point of wasting that time? This this stuff that I've got on is dry. It'll do. I might stink a bit by the end, but yeah. why waste that? I didn't need to. But you have to work out what works for you as an individual. And I think you you do learn. You get a lot from crewing. But mm. it is a it is a worry. You do feel responsible kind of thing for yeah part so, I mean, of if, you th- if you think about it, i mean even if a runner like comes in with a you know with a with a sore toe or something and you're there you've then got to decide is that a blister that's then going to become something that's going to pull them out of the yeah. race later on or whether it's something that they, you don't, they just need to just carry on or whether they yeah. need to just change their shoes or yeah. it's it, yeah. every decision is crucial and you always will look back and think oh, i should have done that i should have done that and you have to let it go and just learn from it I, one of my biggest regrets at the moment and i have to and it's such a shame because I did the canal slam. I finished UCR and then I did Kennet and Avon and I was really going for it because there was a, 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 a record that was achievable for me. And I was really close to it. And I passed the a lady so that I was now the first runner, the first lady. Mm-hmm. And then I just suddenly hit a bad patch. Russ was overtired as well. And in the end, I went through Slough High Street. This is 122 miles. And the next runner must have been next woman was two, three hours behind me. And I got disorientated and I passed out and threw up and all the other thing. And 
and in the end I didn't finish and I took this I could have walked and finished and still because you were eight miles from the finish yeah no, I was so close. Was it it's 145? So it's a bit further. Oh, okay. I was 122. So, but it was achievable. But I, I couldn't think clearly, and and I think Russ always kicks himself as well for it. And it's one of those things. And I just think I just have to learn from it. There are things like why I pass out is I have low blood pressure. I wear compression socks from that point on. Right, I've learned I need to wear compression to help with my blood pressure. I'd also again feeling a bit nauseous I hadn't had enough to drink and eat at that point I just needed to slow right down but just keep moving but I'd stopped dead in the middle of Tower High Street confused because I didn't know where I was even though it was straight on and the stopping dead while you're running isn't good for you so I just made a lot of mistakes and because of that I actually thought well I'm not doing Liverpool to Leeds now there's no point you know and then I thought what kind of message am I sending out to people I didn't finish that one so I'm going to throw the rest away and in the end The next day, I changed my mind. Thought, no, I'm sending the wrong message here, and I went and did Liverpool to Leeds. Um, second lady in that one. I had a good day. I found it hard at times, but I finished, and I'm so glad I did. And I, it will eat at me. Do I have another go at the Canal Slam sometime? It was an amazing experience, you know. But you learn. I have to think you have to. In the end, any DNFs and any you have to put to bed and say, right, what have I learned? If you learn something from a DNF, then it's a re- it's good. You know, if you have a perfect race, you think, oh, I've got, I've got it sussed, like you say, and you think everything's perfect, but yeah. it doesn't go like that the next time. You have to be sort of humble a bit, and you have to look at what you what you can learn from, a, from, a, from your mistakes. And if you can learn and make a change, then, then that was worthwhile, you know. But when, you know, seeing the winner with their trophy was a little bit of a kind of, Still yeah. point for one, but I've got hard to think. work to hard work to swallow yeah for sure yeah but you know they were it's, it was a great events and it was a great experience I learned loads from that race and you that's the thing about ultras you can't do too many because you need to recover um so it's I'm getting on a bit and sort of learning but not yeah. got much time left probably, took, which makes it difficult. I took I took my failure on that point of you know what it feels like to DNF. I took my my failure at my first DNF at the Thames Path 100 last year really badly, and I didn't think I ever would. I always thought that I'd be fine with it because it was just a run and I, I didn't really care. But but I I did deep down, and it took me it got me I wouldn't say into a depression, but whenever I thought about my running for a, a couple of weeks after that, I would I would really feel terrible and feel like I'd let everyone down and let my family down, and let myself down. But um, I, I changed the acronym to, to from DNF to uh, do not forget, because like you say, yeah. you learn things exactly. from these experiences. And as long as yeah. you don't forget that, then then you're good going forward. So, yeah, you have to think instead of you say you fall over, you've got a choice to stay down or you get up and you come back. And, and that's the thing you learn. and You'll look back at as a, as a learning exercise. But I understand completely because it does. It gets it can really get to you not finishing and I, I when I didn't finish I don't know if it's the same year then um Thames Path I got to Henley and I'd walked in I was just wrecked I'd gone too fast and I think there was a little bit of illness in the background and I sat down at Henley I got changed as I would have done at 100 miles race at halfway and I sat there with no plan going on but just putting myself through the motions and James Elson was there our race director and I said to him I just said how can I ever think of doing Thames Ring I can't even do 100 miles and he just said to me that's a different day. That's a different, you know, this is today, yeah. that's then. It's a different event, different day. Doesn't mean yeah. a thing. And he, there's, there's, a, that, there's a wise head on on those shoulders who who gets it. Because, again, ev- everyone, 
DNFs at some point, really. You know, yeah. there is a point when when you do have things just don't go quite right, but you have to look at it and learn. But you, you're allowed to go through a bit of mourning for, first. I think a lot of yeah. me, we all do, you know, because you you've just beat yourself up so much and then you lose confidence. And yeah, then you build part of it. Yeah. Again. yeah, it's part of ultra running. The emotional highs and the emotional lows are part of what make you do it. You go to these such lows and such highs, and they are what make the event as well, you know. And Absolutely. the camaraderie as well. Camaraderie. Yeah. I've, I've been to, I've done one 24 hour event myself, but I've been to um, a few with other people and supported. My favorite for crewing is a 100 mile event. Not 100 mile, a 24 hour track because you stand, you don't, you're busy all the time and you can see everything. You don't have to move. You don't have to worry about logistics getting from A to B and you're just there yeah. with all the stuff and they're going round and round. I, I love crewing uh, 24 hours. They're, they're my favorite. Because you also know when it's going to finish as well. <laughs> you, you actually did one of these in, in Greece uh, this year, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But again, that, that didn't go as well as I had to have learned from it this time. I was very confident. I was really well. I had big targets. And in the end, I, got to about I was at 80 miles where I started to throw up and Russ was having injury problems may not be a good thing for us both to be at the same event and he was walking into just to get to 160k I think it was um uh, whatever time it was and I just walked as well and in the end I left I I came out of it though my body was so in such good shape so which told me how I had coped and that's when I started looking into the reason why I was getting nauseous and I've I'm my next 24 hour maybe I'll get it right <laughs> you never know I'm I'm, 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 I'm 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 so fascinated myself with these 24 hour track races yeah. that I, I so badly want to do one because I, I don't mind the repetitiveness of going yeah. around going around a track but I like the idea that you've got people there this, um, and like you say there's no logistics of, of yeah. how you can get from A to B there's just same place same time you've got access to all your kit and the people that are there supporting you so um it kind of changes the, the game a little bit and obviously yeah. it's got its own challenges but uh the other thing this last one i did where i was crewing um russ was at tooting and there was a group of i think local runners who were supporting someone and they basically took over a corner and they had music on all night and it was really, and they were cheering on that. And it actually, when you have this lull through the night where it's quiet and it's hard to keep going, there were these people bolstering you. And on other occasions, you might think, oh, this is a real pain. But actually, for the 24 hour event for the runners, I think it actually helped keep them going. And they were taking um, any requests as well. So I'd, I'd pick a request for something that would keep Russ going and motivate oh, you. Know? So that was great. So you never, you know, no. And I, I went to a 24 hour crewing someone else in Germany and it was a real little event on a track they had lots of kids do it during the daytime doing re- doing little re- relay events and there was a marathon event and a something else on and so the whole time there were things going on and at the end of a, of the 24 hour I really it's just quite lovely to watch because suddenly everyone it's usually daylight um, they all get their bit of sand or something to, to mark and stop at the point when it's 24 hours exactly and then it all gets measured and everyone's it's just a really weird sensate weird thing to watch um, yeah as, to the end of the event it's it, no longer the fastest person finishes first they finish the same time as everyone else mm. you know so it, it is it's you've got to have a go and i think i still need to do some 
do um, do some more of that definitely well i may um, I may, see, I may see you at tooting at some point because I, I think that's the one i'll probably aim for first if uh, i can if i can get a place how, how yeah. do they how many people uh, run in those and how do they manage the timing for the for the runners Currently, it's about 40 there's not too many you apply and you're not guaranteed a place because of numbers um i think they have timing and they have counters and so you're relying on you see and you're meant to sort of see your counter if you like as you go past so that you know they've they've seen you and um, when okay. i was in group we've all done on timing and there was a great big telly which i could see how many laps i'd done as well and what my time was on that so it's it's quite useful you can get some information i think the tooting there's a board with your number of laps and your placings which is a little bit out of sync um bit delayed but it gives you enough information and you can also if you've got crew they can tell you how things are going as well so yeah, they do, you do have your own counter who's checking counting you pass as well like double checking i'll tell you what some some people listening to this um who, who maybe have not done any ultras or, don't, or haven't heard of the 24-hour track thing that's that's a hell of a challenge doing 24 hours on a track but there are actually events there are the i know dan lawson ran a six-day event around a track yeah yes yeah running for six days i mean it's just and, and that's that, that's apparently an event that's kind of steeped in history and got a lot of tradition and and a lot of background and has been that those events have been around for a while um very yeah. strange but, yeah. have. it's interesting how the history that how long they've been going the the 24 hour i did in greece there's a 24 a 48 and there's a six day event there and i think there was a thousand mile one there as well um wow. there was just they have and that's every year that they have that so i i look at it and think i might do something longer at some point don't know yet but oh. because you know you can only do so much each year and and this the coronavirus has changed things like my thames path has moved to to, to september so i there's not so much time i'm thinking about i can't fit tooting in so maybe i'll do yeah. greece again or find a 24 hour i've never done a track race to say that the, the 24 hour i did in greece wasn't a track it was a 1k little loop around a, a disused um airport area okay. with a um, it's just quite it wasn't the most scenic at all but that's part of the process isn't it is dealing with things yeah. that haven't beauty in them to, to keep you going and i always say i love i love that but i also because i love structure i would be going around every lap and i would be pressing my lap time i learned from someone else about that and it gave me something to think about and i had really precise times where i was going to eat and drink and and all that would give me things to think about and when i trained i was training to have something every 20 minutes it might seem you know a lot but i'd so i would go out for a say a four-hour run and have everything i needed in the car but the, the run would be loops around the Mountbatten center i would actually start mm. parked at the car park I would run along the foreshore to Mat where Matapan Road is, yep. run, turn right, and then come back on myself. And it was a one that was a 1.4 mile loop. And I would just do that for three to four hours. And then I would put stuff in pockets to last me that I needed for the hour. And mm. I'd have my list of what I was going to have. And I would try everything. And I, I when I was at the running show, something that someone said, I think her name is Rennie McGregor, she's the nutritionist for the 24 hour team. Yep. What mistakes do people make? And one of them was not practicing your nutrition for a race and saying that is key you can't think oh well i'll go for a marathon and i won't eat anything today i don't need it because i'm only doing it. you actually need to practice your gut needs to get used to it and you need to see what works and doesn't work so and i actually enjoyed that process as well to the point that i could remember what i needed at every point because i practiced it so many times and those few hours 
they are quite straightforward then and I've, I've learned yeah. I, I hate I used to hate bananas but now I've, I've grown to like them and they are such a good fuel source and they're so easy to get down and the more you practice the more you find things that you can actually cope with later on in a race and the more choice you might have if something doesn't work one day I've mm-hmm. heard of people who've gone and they said all they're having was porridge and something else and then within a couple of hours they, they can't cope with that so and they've got no other they've got no backup plan so yeah. it's you nutrition practicing nutrition for long distance is really key and your fluids and whether you need any salt and you know this, uh, this type of thing it's yeah. it's key but part part of the fun fun of it all so yeah if you ever round my bat and you'll see me going and i'm i'm practicing for a 24 i'll be there going round around in circles i've been around canoe lake for 30 miles before as well that's another um yeah. loop bit to practice on so that's good yeah, that's a good one as well yes there's lo- i mean there's loads of spaces i think the thing i take away from that is is the, the, the sometimes you just have to get creative and you have to build ways to train yourself and prepare yourself for these races yeah. and i know i know a previous guest on the show dave harvey's done hill reps up and down the staircase in his house just to kind of yeah. practice repetition and practice getting the elevation in when he, when he couldn't get out uh, anywhere yeah. further north um you, you've just got to get creative so um and, and there's so many you know as runners that's the beauty of it is that it's just such a raw form of movement that you can go and and, and build these roots yourself just to kind of you yeah. know, practice specific things yeah. i mean i never used to, i'll tell you one i never used to do laps at all i would always want it to be so I, you know nice to go out and see the beauty and i i i now like them from doing this training and mm. it has it had its advantage because when i went to the national running show at the nec um i'd gone out for i was going to go for a run from there to to the canal and, and, and run along the canal but f- because of parking issues I couldn't so I said okay we'll just do loops around this little area around the NEC interestingly because it was a running event there were lots of other people staying the night and running and Russ was um was net with me with me and he, he pointed ahead and he said that looks like Camille Heron um like the record holder women's record holder for yeah a number of events because right? he recognized I said oh I don't know it might be as soon as she ran ahead and we just ran and then Russ was only doing an hour and I was doing two hours so he went off and I continued running these loops and a little bit later she popped up again in front of me and I thought I can't let this go now I can't I'm gonna have to look so I caught her up now this is Camille Heron by the way I caught her up good job <laughs> she had a training run yeah and I, met her and I said are you Camille she said, yeah we had a chat and I talked to her about my what I was doing I thought so my claim to fame was actually running having a little training run with Camille Heron while and i have to say the national running show i've never been the ultra scene has taken off they had a small area bad boy running set it up mm-hmm. um some amazing speakers and it was so packed they're actually the next time it will be bigger for the, for this group because it clearly ultra runners are obsessive and so therefore by their nature they they want they go to all these these things to to learn more we had um dan lawson was there james elson was there um mm. mimi was there uh, and say so camille was talking as well and it was and the nutritionist from the gbt there were so many good talks um about um ultra running it was yeah. it was excellent and um re- a really good event so i would encourage people who haven't been as to consider it um when it comes there comes out again it was a good trip no, no, again, I, I agree. I, I share I share the same sentiment. Having 
having gone up myself um, and had been meaning to a few years ago, but I'm glad I kept it for this year because it was a, it was very special and they had some incredible guests there, like you, like you say, and being able to yeah. run alongside Camille is, is fantastic. She's yeah. so friendly. She's always willing to help you. Yes. Um, yeah. And then they uh, obviously had Dean Carnassus up there as well, yeah. which was incredible. Yeah. Laz Lake, it's just brilliant, really, really good show. It they, was, yeah. They do a well good done job. for remembering the ones I've forgotten. As soon as I said it, I thought, oh, I've forgotten Dean and Laz. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was yeah. it was a really good event, wasn't it? Yeah. So loved it. It just loved shows it. how much ultra running has taken off. I think. Mm. I think um, it's been absolutely brilliant. I, I I'm sure we could sit and chat for hours about different races, and I could learn so much from your experience, Sandra. And I, and I know I'm definitely going to be picking your brains uh, at Parkrun when it's back on again, um, <laughs> and which I hope to see you at. Uh, but um, I always finish these these interviews off with a few recovery run questions, if that's okay. Yeah. The, these are qu- these are quick fire questions just a little bit about okay. yourself um so they're very very easy to answer hopefully okay <laughs> um what is your favorite running route in and around portsmouth if you so, have one oh because well, i have so many because of what's going on now i love running around the whole way around the island yep um and i like the back of my my hill really where i just go out the back and it's all off road from and it passes towards um goes towards fort nelson and then Lovely. back is nice so, yeah. yeah my favorite yeah so the, yeah so it's an off-road one at the back and then a road one all the way around the island i love that i know it so well and i'll stop off sometimes at coffee cup when it's open mm. <laughs> and have a cup of tea and then keep going so yeah nice is there anything special that you like to treat yourself to after you finished a race any any routine or meal or drink oh gosh no no, I have developed recently, while during this, what's going on, that I have a love of baking. Poor old Russ is putting on weight because of the amount of cooking I'm doing. I'm, and I really like, I made cheese scones the other day because we used to always get a scone at Costa. We do go to Costa a lot, so that might be something. And they always had cheese scones and we can't go. So I've made cheese scones, um, apple crumble, banana cake. So, yeah, a bit of cake usually, coffee and cake. Cool. Brilliant. My favorite, yeah. Uh, what's your favourite bit of running kit that you own? Um, or could be the most useful? Oh, I know. I tell you, yeah, I like they. I bought from is it Wah? They're quite expensive tops that have loads of pockets in, so that on a training run, I don't wear. A, when I was training for the twenty-four hour, where you wouldn't need a backpack, I still want a little bit of things to carry. So they're tops. I've got short sleeve one and long sleeve tops. With loads of pockets, a pocket for your phone, a pocket for tissues, pocket for some food, a bit in the back. You can always take a coat and put it in the back. So that's been my most recent sort of thing that I absolutely love because Brilliant. I can fit things in it. Cool. Uh, what shoes are you currently running in? Um, Brooks GTS. I've been wearing them since oh, I don't. Uh, I never changed them. Never changed them. I'm really sad that they're ASRs. They've stopped them, which are support. It's a slight support shoe. And I can't get them anymore. And so I'm wearing my GTS off-road as well, which isn't great. I've got some La Sportivas because they've got the same drop. I don't really get buy lots of trainers. I tend to just stick to the same thing. And Good. I haven't changed except where I've been forced to. So, yeah, GTS. Okay. GTS, cool. Uh, do you prefer running in the heat or the cold? I work it right slap bang in the middle. Slap bang, but that, that's the good enough answer. That's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put up either side, but it's the nice when it's the zone. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and and finally, uh, is there just anything 
um, that you want to add um, as, a, as a kind of like a final message uh, about the running community in and around Portsmouth or the surrounding areas? Um, as I say, this is the Portsmouth Running Podcast, and, and I think we've got such a special community down here. So if there's anything else you want to add before we before we close? No, I just think it's a it's a great I have to you know it's a great community, and I think that's the thing. And you always see people together at at part run different groups, and, and I, I say recently running, seeing so you realise how many people here um, that run around Portsmouth. I've got mem- friends from different running clubs, um, Denmead as well as joggers. Um, you know, it is a great, great community. Fantastic. There's always people out there to, to help. Couldn't agree more, Sandra. Sandra, thank you so, so much. This has been fascinating. And I know there's probably lots of stuff we've left out. Um, but, uh, you know, from, from all of us and the guests uh, who listen as well, and, and um, or, sorry, guests who have been on and the listeners, I just wanted to say thank you because obviously you work at the hospital. And so just thank you to all your friends over there, your work colleagues and stuff yeah. and everything you're doing at the hospital. Um again we, we we really really mean that and i know you yeah. said you're not frontline but you're but you're out there doing yeah, important stuff to keep everything yeah. going exactly we're still out there doing our bit if as i say with the nhs at the moment if you're not um business essential they will we have people in our section who've been redeployed who are being runners for the ccu staff so that they don't have to keep getting changed out of their kit um so any member of the of the nhs community are working in some form or other um mm. still to do, yeah and it's, i feel proud i feel proud to be part of the nhs at the moment i really yeah, do. I do definitely thank you so so much and and if anybody did want to get in touch with you with any of the topics that we've covered is yeah. the best place on facebook um yeah or email um yeah you can message me on facebook that'll be fine yeah okay that's probably the easiest way yeah perfect sandra good luck with all the rest of your events and um no doubt we'll be seeing you out there soon training and racing so look forward to it and thank you again yeah. Yeah, well, thank you very much. You take care, all right? You too, Sandra.